Welcome to Smith Memorial Online. We're glad you joined us today. We're located in Collinsville, Virginia. At Smith Memorial, our motto is simple, follow Jesus. We'd like to encourage you to check us out online, www.smithmemorialumc.com. There you can find out more information about us, opportunities to serve, and ways to support this ministry through giving. We pray that God would add blessing this day to the hearing and the doing of God's Word. Our gospel lesson today comes from Mark's gospel, the 12th chapter, beginning in verse 38. As he taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and be greeted with respect in marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses for the sake of appearance, say long prayers. They receive the greater condemnation. And he sat down opposite of the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had. All she had to live on. Friends, this is the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I was trying to time it out this morning. Let us pause as the clock turns to 11. On this day, 100 years later, may we take serious the vision that you cast to the prophets. May we turn from being a culture of violence. Beat our swords into plowshares and study war no more. 
Amen. Friends, I'll ask if you would pray with me and for me. Oh God, you know the sinfulness of my mouth. You know the desires of my heart. So I ask God that you would incarnate these words. That somehow they would move beyond me and might glorify you. May we all on this day remember that we who are in Christ are forgiven. And that what we do week after week is ultimately in the grand scheme of things not about us. Place the cross before me, let none see me, but you and your grace alone. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I got back home last night uh, about 9.30, 9.45 or so from being in Richmond. I went into Richmond on Friday. A, a good friend of mine from when I was young, he, uh, he and I went to the same church. We did the same youth group together from as long as his name is Amber. Sitting in children's moments like this, uh, he was there with me. His name is Adam. Several months back, I received a call from Adam. And you have to understand Adam. Adam is the kind of person that... Um, well, he's kind of like my daughter, Ellie. Uh, he was always causing issues. So even though he was uh, much older than me, it took him quite some time to learn the, the phrase, settle down. So several months back, he called me, and to much of my surprise, I found that Adam had, in fact, decided it was time to maybe settle down. He was getting married. And he asked me if I would be a part of presiding over his marriage. I remember being there with Adam from being very, very, very young. His mother and his father there as well. I remember when I was in seminary at Duke. I remember getting a phone call one day. I hadn't heard from them in quite some time. And they, were, they said to me, uh, Cameron Tommy, which was Adam's dad, Tommy has liver cancer and is at Duke. Uh, can you go see him? Such a strange experience because I was just a youth group member, but now here I am, bedside of his father as he's passing away, administering the love of God. So it was quite interesting to see couple years later, here's Adam, he calls me, and now he wants me to participate in his marriage. Like a lot of people of my age, they didn't want to get married in a church. They wanted to get married at a nice 
kind of an oasis kind of place. A place you spend a lot more money to reserve than you would to just get married in a church. But nevertheless, this is the trend that we find ourselves in. So they said, we don't want to get married in a church, Cameron, but... And they made one request. We do want to make sure that it is a Christian marriage. As soon as he said that, I I want to make sure that it's a Christian marriage. I started reflecting on that. What on earth does that mean? What, What do you want me to do to make it a Christian marriage for you? So for quite some time, I've been trying to nail down a solid definition of what they meant when they said they wanted a Christian wedding. Yesterday, as Adam and Megan, his bride, stood in front of me and I presided over the wedding as I had done so many times before, it struck me right in the middle of the ceremony that I had found my answer for a Christian marriage. The liturgy that the church gives, which is to say the, the actual service itself that we the people do together, the words and the statements that are offered by the church, they supply the answer for what it means to host a Christian wedding. And it's actually very, very simple. A Christian marriage is a marriage that is not about the couple. It's about God. Over and over and over again. In this wedding liturgy that I was going through, the words that they utilize only talk about the couple insofar as the couple that's gathered at the altar represent or symbolize or give witness to what God is doing in the world. So what's the difference between a Christian wedding and a secular wedding? In a Christian wedding, the couple from the very beginning recognizes the event is not about them, but instead they go through great lengths to present themselves only as vessels by which the world can see what God is doing, forming people who are drawn into union with one another and God. To me, that's the heart of a Christian marriage. It's one in which it's not about you. It's about God. I mention this to you because this marriage that I was doing yesterday gave me the lens to view the story from today's gospel lesson. 
Now, I intentionally read to you verses 38 through 44 because in your Bibles, if you were reading along with me, you would notice that some translations separate these two scenes by giving them two different section headers. So your Bible might say something in in verses 38 and following, Jesus rebukes the Pharisees or the religious leaders or the scribes. And then in the part with the woman who gives everything, it might be called something like the widow's might. Now the danger in seeing these passages as two separate scenes is that you miss the teaching that Mark is giving by comparing the religious leaders to the widow. Mark is attempting to address the question, not what does a Christian wedding look like, but instead Mark is trying to answer the question, what does a faithful follower of God look like. In the first half of our gospel reading today, we're introduced to these teachers, these scribes, if you will, these religious leaders of the day, and we are told very specifically by Jesus, be aware of them. Beware of them. Why would Jesus say such a thing to us? To beware of these religious leaders. For Jesus, the answer is simple. Beware, and it doesn't have to be a religious leader. Beware of anyone amongst the people of God who make the faith about themselves. We know these kind of people. We know the kind of people that Jesus is speaking about, those that make the faith about themselves. People that walk around in long robes, perhaps robes that look like mine. People that have different titles, I'm a doctor, or I'm a this, or I'm a that, and and demand to be greeted with such respect. People that fight for the best seats in the house or fight to keep their own seat in the sanctuary. People that will trample over the poor that are making their way to the altar so that they might be seen as getting there first. People that out of their generosity, think that it's necessary to slap their name on everything. You know those kind of people? Don't do anything over there because that's my name. I I gave that. Ooh, Jesus. Stop talking about us. People who turn their worship of God into a concert where others marvel at their talents. Y'all know that church? I know it. 
It might be called something like the church of the self-righteous. It is certainly not called the church of Jesus Christ. It's the church focused on me. It's a church focused on what I like, what I want, what I need. It's kind of like every single unenjoyable wedding that I have ever attended, to be honest with you. Christian marriage in title and title alone, but at the end of the day, there are only two characters involved, the bride and the groom, but never the bridegroom, who is Christ. You all know what kind of wedding I'm talking about too. And if you don't, just go watch that, that TV show, Say Yes to the Dress, where it's all Everything about me. This is my day, you might hear them say. We want it our way. Instead of ever asking the question, do you even believe in Christian marriage? Because if you did, it was never about you. It was always about God. And friends, the same thing applies to our Christian life. Instead of asking the question, what does a Christian marriage look like? Jesus is trying to answer, what does a faithful follower of God look like? And it is not someone who believes that everything is about them. And that is hard. Because we all have needs, we all have wants, we all have desires. But the hardest thing about the church, a church who follows a sacrifice Christ, is a church of the self-righteous who knows absolutely nothing of what it means to sacrifice themselves. So in contrast to this church of the self-righteous in which everything is about me, Jesus gives witness to being at a treasury. And while Jesus is at this treasury, it says that wealthy people come and they drop in large sums of money into the box. Now Wally and I, we understand church finances and we're thinking, that's great. We need some more of them. Unfortunately, Christian evangelism nowadays has only turned into who can bring in the most money to keep this ship floating. You see, our church, we, we want scribes. We don't want widows that only give us a penny. So Jesus is sitting there looking at the world around him. He sees the people, they, they come, they drop into the treasury, and then he finds this woman. She's not giving a name. We don't know where she comes from. We only know her situation. She's a widow. 
And if you were a widow in first century Palestine, the time of Jesus, that was a very vulnerable position to be. Because if you didn't have a man in your court, you had nothing. And this widow was no exception to that rule. From the way that Mark tells the story, not only was she a widow, whose the stereotype is she had nothing, what we find out in the story is, that's exactly who she was, a widow with nothing. Two copper coins, two mites, half a penny each, one cent, dropped in the treasury, commended by God. Now, we could take this to be a steward giving, talk about when you give, you give everything you have. You don't give out of your abundance. You give out of giving over what God has given to you. That's one way to take it. But this woman, this woman deserves more than just being a placard for saying for the church we need more money. She deserves more than that. She deserves to be recognized as a person who perfectly demonstrates the answer to the question of what a faithful follower of God looks like. She doesn't make a big scene. She doesn't demand to be recognized for everything that she does. She doesn't need a special announcement about giving thanks for all the actions that have taken place. She is simply a woman who by faith demonstrates obedience to God. She gives because she's been given to. She acts because God has acted upon her. That is the church. The church is not about us. The church at its best is always, everywhere, all the time about God. And our role is not to be God in that place so that others might see us. Our role is only to be obedient. To have faith. Or in short, to know that if I do give everything, that I can still trust that all will be all right. You see, the story of the woman is not about money. It's not about her putting a penny in the plate. It's about a person who demonstrates perfect trust and obedience to God. Would it be nice to have her name? Absolutely. But could our name be placed upon her and our trust and obedience to God? Yes. 
may we, out of our poverty, out of our spiritual poverty, may we be, doing, be willing to do the widow-like thing. May we trust. May we have obedience. May we give all. I offer this to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.